You're listening to a podcast on the Awkward Human Network. If you want to find out more about this show and all the other cool stuff that we do, visit awkwardhuman.com. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Interview with a Nerd. My name is Richard Cardenas. This is episode number 36. Are we excited? I am. Um, I mean, it's not that exciting. No, it's exciting. I'm just kidding. Thank you for joining me. All right. So what do we have to talk about? I don't really have all that much new to talk about, um, but I did want to just briefly mention that California has been like really cold. (laughs) I'm in LA or Los Angeles and uh, it's been like colder than usual here and uh, we're feeling it. We're feeling it. But I guess the weather's about to warm up. So it's like LA you have to suffer for about a week and then and then everything's gonna be perfect again (laughs) so yeah it's been raining a lot but I love the rain so I don't mind it at all uh it's been uh some heavy ass rain here and we've had some like flooding issues I guess I don't know I don't really live in any part of LA where that's a problem so I don't really like see it ever but uh when I'm driving I do notice that the people are crazy out there uh but yeah Let's let's get away from the weather. Isn't that weird how when we're like making fun of people doing small talk, we make fun of like them talking about the weather, but I've never actually talked about the weather when I'm trying to do small talk. <laughs> um, it's always I'm not good at small talk. I don't know if you guys know this, but I'm like really, really bad at small talk because it's just so weird. I don't know. I I can't get into it. I can't talk about superficial things, really. Uh, I like to get into the nitty gritty of people. And I feel like that's the only way that I could connect to someone. Um, Maybe small talk isn't supposed to be about connection, uh, but like passing the time. But I'm not good at it at all. Uh, I feel very awkward talking to people that I've never met before um, and trying to figure out a topic to talk about. Like, one thing that comes into mind is uh, my friend had a birthday dinner a year ago and we were all going to meet up at a restaurant and I got there just a little earlier than everyone else did except for one person who was waiting there already. And so I sat down and I've met this person a couple times, but we've always been in a group setting. So we've never had to actually like talk directly to each other. It's always been just like, talking around each other and like acknowledging that someone said a joke or whatever. But uh, yeah, so we had to talk just us two and I just couldn't handle it. I was like, I heard you're working at so-and-so now. What's that like? Like, I don't know. It's just, (laughs) I think it's because like, it's things that I don't actually care about, but I'm trying to be like, nice I guess I don't know it's weird I'm sure a lot of you can relate to that uh some of you are probably experts at it and you know I condemn you condemn you uh is that the right word I'm I am jealous of you I I think that's very uh amazing for people who can do that I just can't it's really really hard for me um anyway what 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 are we talking about this week oh I don't have an actual review of anything uh or a recap sorry um I I am reading books. I am like consuming the medias and stuff. It's just that I I don't have time to like sit down and write this stuff down uh, lately. So most of the things that I'm doing, I'm doing like in bed right before I go to sleep. Because for me, I can't really just fall asleep. Like I can't 
like shut my eyes, lay down and just go to sleep. Like I have to have some kind of uh, stimulant going on. I have to either be listening to something or or watching something or reading something in order for me to be put to sleep. I can't just do it. Uh, so that's what I spent most of my nights doing when I'm falling asleep. And so I've been uh, watching Troll Hunters right before bed. And I, uh, how do I feel about this show? I thought it was really good. I thought the writing was a bit annoying at times uh, because they did a lot of things in it where the characters got in the way of each other. And these were like characters who are best friends who are very close to each other. And they would just like get in the way of each other accomplishing certain missions. And I'm not going to spoil. This isn't really a spoiler if you're trying to uh, start the show. But there is a moment in the show where uh, the main character, Jim, is trying to discover whether or not someone is uh, a changeling, which is like half troll, half human. Um, he's trying to discover if this person is a changeling and everyone knows the plan, like his best friend, his teacher and everything, like they all know the plan. And he has this little device that's able to like, if he touches that person, it will reveal their, their troll self, I guess. And so he's trying to do this and his best friend who's in on the plan is like preventing him from doing it to this other person because he's like, they're scared. They're scared. What do you don't do it? Don't do it. Like leave him alone. And it's like you're aware of what we need to accomplish. And it's just literally like it's not going to hurt. It's just touching this person. And you're preventing me from being able to do that, even though you know that we're just trying to prove whether or not this person is a changeling. And so it's like there were a lot of moments like that in the show where it was like they were trying the writers or whoever were trying to create conflict. And the way by doing that was to prevent a person from being able to accomplish their mission by using their accomplices or, or allies or whatever um, as the obstacle. And it was really, really frustrating to see that. Um, but besides that, I did enjoy it. There were funny moments in it. Um, the animation is okay. I mean, it's good. Uh, and the characters, uh, you could really feel for. Um, especially in, in, in some very like uh, sympathetic moments that they have, some emotional moments. Like I have this like test of whether I like something. <laughs> like if I cry, that means I enjoyed it, I guess. And most things make me cry. So if something doesn't make me cry, then I'm like, was it something I enjoyed? I don't know. <laughs> um, but yeah, so... Uh, I definitely enjoyed the show. The ending really, really got me. It's told in three parts. The first part, I think, is uh, like, I don't know, 20 episodes or something. I could be wrong. But then the second and third parts are each about 10 to 12 episodes, I think. Um, it's a quick watch. It's all half hour show um, episodes. And uh, I really, really, really liked it. Um, besides the writing stuff that I said, uh, I thought it was really good. Um, I recently had a friend kind of go off on Guillermo del Toro talking about how he's not a feminist and stuff and um I like never really considered that but watching the show is like oh I can see how you could uh interpret what he's doing in that way because I think he wrote uh a lot of it I could be wrong but um I know it's his show he created it with Mark Guggenheim and um yeah so it, it's interesting uh to see 
what my friend was saying and then watch the show and be like, I can understand why you say that. I mean, I don't know. I don't really pay attention to to his works in that way because I'm so drawn by the atmosphere that he creates and and by uh, just the visuals of of his work. It's amazing. Um, he does horror fantasy really, really well. And um, so I think I'm just so enchanted by all of that and that maybe I'm not really paying attention. So I think I might go back and watch a few of his movies and, and really examine that just because I don't, I'm not going to say that she's wrong, <laughs> but I'm not going to say she's right either. Uh, so it, it was just an interesting thing to, to hear and then watch the show and be like, ah, interesting. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I definitely recommend it, uh, giving it a watch. I don't think it's something that um, is like amazing, but it, I did enjoy it. And now I'm watching Three Below, which is uh, the second uh, series out of this tale because it's all titled like uh, Tales of Arcadia. And so the first one was Troll Hunters. This one is Three Below. It's about aliens who are crash landed on Earth or not crash landed, but they landed on Earth and um, they're escaping some kind of like, I don't know, revolt of bad guys on their planet. And then the third uh, section of it is going to be called Wizards. Um, yeah. So anyway, watching Three Below now, I really enjoy it. It has Tatiana Maslany, um, Diego Luna, and uh, Nick Offerman as the main voice cast. And uh, I think they're doing a really good job. So yeah, that's Troll Hunters. Did I say what the name was at the top of this whole thing? If I didn't, it's Troll Hunters I'm talking about. Uh, yeah, so that's my, I guess, review of Troll Hunters. I enjoyed it. I liked it. Uh, if you guys are watching it or have watched it and um, you feel that that, that way or you disagree with me, um, um, send me an email at richard at awkwardhuman.com. I'd love to hear your thoughts on it uh, just because I thought it was a fascinating show. Um, all right, so we're going to talk about some news, some little things that have come out recently that I'm excited for. Um, it's two things. The first one is the less of the two that I'm excited for, or least, I don't know, whatever. I'm excited for both of them. <laughs> so here is, uh, okay, we got, we're getting a black cat series from marvel and apparently this is her very first ongoing series which i didn't know um they're not calling it a mini they're calling it an ongoing so this is exciting um i love this character but i will admit that i don't really know much about her i'm mostly familiar with her character from like the 90s cartoon um spider-man cartoon and to me she was always like a tragic character because she wanted to be good, but her nature was like of a thief's, I guess. And she's kind of like Marvel's Catwoman, right? Except that she's probably never going to be Peter's true love, and, like the way that Selena is to Bruce. Um, so anyway, uh, it's going to be written by Jed McKay, who wrote the Ghost Panther mini for the Infinity Warps uh, series that just came out last year. Uh, he wrote or is writing Man Without Fear. And also uh, Daughters of the Dragon. So I haven't really read any of those titles. So I don't know what to expect. Um, but the art is going to be by Travel Foreman. Who's done um, art for Electric Warriors, Daughters of the Dragon. And the Astonishing X-Men uh, Annual that came out last year. And so, I mean, he's got so many, many, many more books. But yeah, uh, I am excited. Basically, the series is going to be focusing on like that black cat is on the run from the thieves guild or something like that. So uh, it should be interesting. I'm definitely going to be picking it up and give it a try. 
Um, first issue comes out in June. So if you're interested in that, go pick that up. Again, I don't really know the creator's works that well, but I'm excited. Um, the next one I'm really, really excited for. So Tom Taylor has or had been uh, teasing this event that he's doing for DC. And it was always hashtagged deceased. Uh, <laughs> the letters D, C, and then East. <laughs> so um, this is, okay. This is something I'm very excited for. So Tom Taylor, as you all know, or may know, or may just be learning now, I love Tom Taylor's work. He wrote All New Wolverine, X-Men Red. He's uh, written the the Injustice series. And he's currently read, uh, writing the Friendly Neighborhood Spider-Man. Um, and I've only read the first issue so far. And I really enjoyed it. I thought it was fun. He has this way, and I've said this millions of times, of um, writing really fun characters, putting a lot of humor into his books, but also giving them, giving the characters a lot of depth. And um, he he writes emotional stories really, really well. Um, so I'm excited. Anyway, uh He's got this new DC series coming out. It's basically about like a zombie outbreak that uh, I think maybe um, what's the guy's name? Not Doomsday, but uh, <laughs> what's the bad guy's name? That ultimate bad. Anyway, the, <laughs> the big bad guy in the DC world, uh, he creates this zombie outbreak. I should have gotten I should have written notes on this, but apparently, you know, I'm not that great. <laughs> so uh, he he's a Apocalypse? No, he lives on Apocalypse, but it's the god on Apocalypse. Anyway, uh, it's going to be a six-issue limited series, and he he's claimed that it's like Injustice is going to look very tame compared to this series. And I'm currently reading Injustice, and it is a brutal series. It feels like he isn't really holding back, but apparently he has been this whole time. So I'm very excited to see what we get out of this. Um, the art team is... Trevor uh, Hairsign, uh, who I'm not too familiar with. He's done some X-Men work and Magic the Gathering too, so that should be interesting. Um, also on art is Stefano Gaudiano, uh, or Gaudiano, I'm not sure how to pronounce that, <laughs> whose most noted work is The Walking Dead, so he knows his zombie stuff. Uh, yeah, like I said, I'm excited. This is coming out on May 1st, so obviously... Um, I've not read it, but I'm giving it my blessings <laughs> and, and uh, telling you to go pick it up uh, now or or not now. Pre-order it. Go pick it up when it comes out. Pre-order it now. Whatever. <laughs> uh, so, yes, I'm very, very, very excited for this. It's a limited series. It's going to be fun. Um, I know Gail Simone has read it and she or at least read the few first few uh, issues and she's really, really excited. And I know a lot of people respect uh, Gail Simone for for her work. So, if that means anything to you, she's she's excited for it too. So, uh, yeah, let's go on to the interview. So, I'm gonna apologize right now because I was so nervous about this interview in a way that I haven't been in the past with other interviews, and I think it's because this topic has been um, kind of like I guess a sensitive one um, because. In the past, I feel like, okay, we're talking about LARP. <laughs> in the past, I feel like a lot of people have considered these nerdy things that are now on the rise and have become popularized by mainstream media and everything. Um, we we viewed these people as like 
I guess less than um, these people. <laughs> we view LARPers and and people who play D and D and everything like as like the loners and the and the geeks and the people that nobody wanted to be around. And I think it's really really shifted. And so I think I was very nervous to do this interview because I had a lot of questions and I wanted to to be respectful um, of of the LARPing community and uh, I didn't want to come off in any kind of offensive way. And so I was very careful and I was trying to be careful. And I don't know, I was just so nervous doing this, even though I don't think negatively of the LARPing community at all. Uh, but I know that there are a lot of people who who do think that way and have thought that way. Um, so anyway, if, if I sound really weird in this interview, I very much apologize. But yeah, that's where I was coming from. I was just so nervous. Uh, and I couldn't help it. Uh, but Ryan was amazing. And he 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 made me feel more and more comfortable as the interview went on. We do get deep and I and I kind of um, in a weird way focus on the negative stuff just because not negative, but I guess like the 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 harsher emotions of it. And um, that's because that's the stuff I'm interested in always. <laughs> so uh Please don't take offense uh, if you are a LARPer and you're hearing this and you think that I'm being offensive. I'm, that was not my intention whatsoever. Uh, but anyway, here is Ryan Omega. So happy to have him on the show talking about LARP and his experiences. Here it is. All right. Welcome to the show, Ryan. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. So I had you on or I'm having you on because... Um, we recently met doing D&D mm -hmm. uh, through Venture Ventures, which you guys can find, I don't know where, YouTube and places. <laughs> so yeah, I think look, I know there's a Twitch. It. So There is a Twitch. We do a live Twitch usually every Sunday. Um, so, yeah, uh, I'm really bad at plugging things. So <laughs> I, I can like plug forgetting, it. <laughs> forgetting stuff. But, yeah, go find Venture Ventures. I think that's like Twitter and, and Twitch and yeah, and YouTube. I believe it's VentureVentures.live mm. as opposed to .com. And they do have a iTunes for where they release a podcast and they have a Twitch. So that would be uh, Twitch.tv slash VentureVentures. And recently, that would be 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Wow, you're so much better at this than I am. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so I invited you on because there's one thing that I learned about you, which is that, uh, and I don't even know the correct terminology. I know it's LARP, but live action role play. Yes. Uh, would you say you you LARP? You're a LARPer, or like how do you how do you say that? Both of those things. So okay. I say that I LARP. So that's the. So I guess if we converted LARP into a verb, that's what I do. And mm -hmm. it stands for live action role playing, which is a very particular hobby where you're often going to a place and you're pretending to be a character and you're in a game world mm. um, physically interacting with other characters, uh, either on a goal or a mission or in a particular society trying to survive. Nice. Well, uh, what a beautiful summary. <laughs> um, but before we get into that, because we are going to make that our long discussion, I want to know what you're loving right now. Right now, what I'm loving is the Try Guys on YouTube. YouTube. Yes. On YouTube. Uh, I admire the fact that they broke out of BuzzFeed to do their own thing, just put their own money into their own company, taking a huge risk and continuing to make amazing content in fact more content than they've made before and it's one of those things that when i see what they do it's like god i would love to do that one mm -hmm. day but they 
were very brave and they tried doing a business and now they have a wonderful brand and they're just super cool and super funny. And I love the fact that it's four best friends making content together. And that's just super cool to me. Yeah, I've never actually seen it, but I, I do have friends that love that channel. Um, yeah. And and yeah, they've talked about it, but basically they just like go around. Is it just eating food or have they expanded from that? Oh, they've gone far beyond expanding that. So um, they there are episodes where they do Olympic competitions oh. as in from ancient Greece. So oh. that means they are completely naked. <laughs> okay. Wrestling in manure and um, running a foot race. So that's one of the episodes. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> I Okay. Naked? They Okay. They did this naked in, in ancient Greece? They did this naked in ancient Greece. Yes. Wow. I did not know about that. Okay. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Um, old time Olympics was naked men. That's so weird. Mm-hmm. I guess it makes sense for Greece, though. <laughs> yeah, it makes sense for Greece. And apparently there's a Greek term for, I don't know if we could, if we talk about this, but I'm going to talk about it anyway. Apparently there's a way to tie your foreskin over <laughs> so that you, and you tie it around so that you don't injure yourself. Wait, wait. <laughs> so <laughs> tie it around what? So I guess you pulled <laughs> <laughs> so mm-hmm. I guess like you pull the foreskin, <laughs> tie the tip so that you, and then I think you're supposed to tie it to yourself so that you don't like, so you don't, you don't like hurt that part or whatever, okay. but you're also slathered in oil whenever you do any of these things. So when you do wrestling, when you do a long jump, when you do a discus throw, you're covered in this oil, which actually protects you from the elements. Mm. So it's basically... All, an olive oil concoction that mm-hmm. if you put it on your on yourself, um, it 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 works as a, a protectant from like from sun damage, from like cutting from cut your cutting yourself from um, on on some stones, it, like for whatever reason, like it, this works, and that's what they did in ancient Olympics. Wow! Oh my God! Okay, you learn something new every day. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. Wow. And so these guys went out and did that. They did that. And they didn't get themselves injured? No, no. They didn't do that. Uh, they didn't get themselves injured. The things that they also have been doing are um, are trying to bake bread without a recipe. Mm. So they've done that. They've also done competitions uh, in different parts of the world. Uh, just racing, um, seeing it how they... They just try everything. Oh, and most recently, like the sexy Santa outfits, how horrible they are. So they... <laughs> They basically do things where they completely lose their dignity in mm. the effort to try things because they're the try guys. That's their brand. Okay. <laughs> my my thing uh, this week or lately uh, that I've been enjoying. So uh, I started playing, and this is a really old game, but I started playing uh, Fire Emblem Something Something Radiance. Oh, wow. I think Path of Radiance? Path of Radiance, yes. Yes. Uh, on my 3DS, uh, my boyfriend got it for me about like three years ago or something. I forget when the most recent Fire Emblem game came out, but it was like two different um, versions mm-hmm. of the same game. Um, and so I played that and I really enjoyed it. It was my first tactics game. Um, mm-hmm. Never played anything like that before. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously other RPGs, but just not tactics. So I was very like, what the hell is this? But I actually really enjoyed it. So um, I've been playing that and I haven't been able to really put it down. I probably... I, 
how much how many hours have I put into it? Probably like four hours so far. But I only have started just a few days ago playing it, and I work a lot, so I get to do it only on my free time, which is almost all my time right now. But, <laughs> <laughs> so I've been I've been really enjoying that. So. It makes me excited for whatever the Switch is going to be bringing out because I know oh, that yeah. they have something coming down the pipeline. I don't know when, but um, they announced it last year and supposedly it's coming out this year. But mm-hmm. with Nintendo, you never know. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's what I've been enjoying. Uh, nice. Yeah. Uh, we are going to go into the topic. Let's get into it. So I have like a vague understanding of what goes on during larps mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> like, it's such a weird term for me that i'm like don't know how to use it mm-hmm. okay uh so w- you kind of summarized what it is um one of the things that i wanted to know was like how how does it happen is there like a group that organizes this and mm-hmm. you like rent out a venue or something or how, how does this happen so there are some so there are some groups that have a venue that they rent out mm-hmm. and uh, usually it's like a camping site. Um, there's one that's ha- coming up this weekend called Twin Mask, which uh, I'll be playing in. And so they rent out a site in Corona, which has a permanent Renaissance fair structure. Mm. So you're able to go through the town because there's a physical town and they take it over for the event. And uh, there are there are nobles, there are, uh, I always say nobles because I play one and then finally blink, I'm blinking out on the, all the other professions. <laughs> but there are nobles, there are elves, there are bartenders, there are traveling, wandering salesmen, there are, there's a whole world uh, that comes about because a lot of these people have died, but then they came back with a destiny upon them. And they're fighting all of these bad guys and all of these, uh, and trying to figure out what's happening with the gods. So there's a lot of um, things happening. So is this something where, uh, like, you have to do some kind of, like, studying before you get there, where you're like, what is happening in this world, and what am I getting myself into? Or do people usually just show up and go? There's a combination of both, depending on the LARP. So for this one, there is a level of immersion that's at least required. So if you are coming in as a um, as anyone, you have to come in clothes that are um, at least appropriate to the venue. So if you are, uh, so so like no modern clothes, so like no jeans, um, you know, no tank tops, you know, mm-hmm. like, like you want to keep it very, very immersive. So if you've ever been to the uh, Hogwarts in uh, Universal Studios? Yes. So... Um, that is actually a commercial version of what you would see in a LARP. Okay. So if, you know, when you go through the town, there is staff, right? And they are um, in that world and they pretend that they're in that world. If you dress as a student and you talk to anybody in there, they treat you like a student. Mm. So I always assume that LARP is if you and I both agree that you are a particular character and I'm a particular character and wherever we are is a setting and we role play, that is a LARP. That's the minimum version of a LARP. Mm-hmm. But um, if you at least went to Universal Studios and some other theme parks and you're role playing being a character, that's essentially what it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, one of the things I was curious about, because you are you mentioned that you don't go in wearing your modern day clothes. Mm-mm. Um for maybe someone who is brand new to it or any or something like that and maybe they don't have like the means for acquiring 
close to to participate how do you like introduce them into this world or like without having them i don't know how expensive it is to like go out and mm-hmm. and get all the necessary clothing and you know weaponry and all that stuff like how do you how do you deal with someone who might want to be part of it but maybe not have the means for it we're lucky that in Twin Mask, there is a very helpful community mm-hmm. of people that people can talk to. So when they're looking for inspiration or even to borrow clothes, they have a system in order to be able to do that. Um, we usually tell people who are new players that we just want your best effort going into it. So, you know, like obviously no jeans, right? But if you have at least maybe dark slacks or tan colored pants that will at least, you know, fit within the genre, then we know that you're putting in effort. You just don't want to make it like so glaringly obvious. <laughs> mm-hmm. At the same time, not every LARP is medieval. Like the one I went to last weekend was um, post-apocalyptic mm-hmm. um, dealing with zombies. So it, everything has a very Mad Max type of look. And so that just means going to the thrift store and distressing the heck out of whatever it is. And then there's also a vampire game that I run, um, and that's modern day. So at that point, you probably have something within your closet, but maybe you want to dress a little bit nice like you're going out to a club Mm -hmm. because maybe your character is a club owner. And so you want to affect that when you're role playing with somebody. Hmm. Okay, so I'm going to jump around a lot. Um, And every now and then I'm going to pick something you just said. Uh, So you said that, the vampire one you run, what does it mean to run a LARP? So in this case, there's a LARP called Hollywood Forever. And that's with my friends Bruce and Joanna. And it's held in a private residence. And we run a vampire game. And uh, when I say run, it's because we ha- we find a venue. We figure out a system by which we kind of run this game. We organize a time for people to show up. Uh, Because it is a private residence, we do kind of have to, it's a closed LARP rather than an open one. Mm. And we have a bunch of our friends play. It's interesting that for all of us, we have friends who are high profile um, people on the internet Mm -hmm. because of, they just happen to be our friends and we happen to work in entertainment. So one of our friends, uh, Satine Phoenix from, um, who is a dungeon master on D&D and the communications manager for Dungeons and Dragons is one of our players. Um, Same with like uh, B. Dave Walters, uh, who also does that and is also on Ask Your Black Geek Friend. And we have like a few people who are um, like that. And like one of the people that I always, it's always so weird when um, one of my friends who like Grant Imahara from Mythbusters, like comes and plays and we say, oh my God, you know, you know, he's playing in my in my game. Mm-hmm. But we've also found that a lot of these people have always wanted to LARP, but they just don't know where to go. Mm-hmm. And so when they found out that we were running it, they were like, oh, we would love to join your game. We're like, oh, amazing. Yeah, please, please come on in and we'll tell you about how to play Vampire. <laughs> and how open is it as far as like creating a story or like each character? Because I know with like D&D, there are some people, some dungeon masters who want their characters to actively help create the world around them and like kind of like explore and do what they want to do. Like how open is that when you're doing something like a closed LARP? Well, for a closed LARP, um, 
like for closed LARPs are not very common. And the only reason why we're, it's closed is because we're in a private re- residence. Right. But uh, most other places, you know, are open. Um, so in a closed LARP, um, what we do is um, we want to make sure that the world is balanced and the people who are playing vampire are playing vampire from different clans. So we wanted like a good assortment of people in different clans that they were not all playing like the same clan. Otherwise it wouldn't be interesting and there's no dynamic to make the role play interesting and there's no potential um, drama mm-hmm. that doesn't happen in there. So um, so in a closed LARP, we kind of have, you know, we talk to people about their characters. We're a little bit more specific in what we want them to play because we need a dynamic to occur a certain way. But most LARPs tend to be open and you will generally find a lot of their information on Facebook groups, if not their websites. Hmm. Um, one of the things I'm curious about is that uh, <laughs> I'm going to relate a lot of it to D&D. I think that's appropriate. Yes. It's, it's very appropriate. Okay. <laughs> um, one of the things I was curious about is kind of like when you have more of an open venue where people are coming in and I know that you can simulate fights, mm-hmm. right? Um, how how controlled is that? And like, do you guys ever have to worry about people going too far or maybe like what happens within that? Like how, do, how does, how is that controlled? So in the upcoming Twin Mass game, uh, there will be probably upwards of 250 people. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So it's going to be a huge game, probably one of the bigger games here in SoCal. And you can't have, uh, you're not necessarily regulating everybody, you know, to, to do certain things. You're not, you can't really railroad mm-hmm. like that many people. Mm-hmm. But what you can do is um, when you, when people formulate their characters, they have like a character sheet similar to D&D. Uh, so it tells you what kind of skills that they have. Uh, this is really important because then uh, it, the character build makes everyone unique. And especially in a fight, uh, because there is fighting, this is, uh, this is called a buffer LARP, where people are fighting with buffer weapons. Mm-hmm. So like nerf weapons. Mm-hmm. So whenever you think of LARPs that are very active and in the woods, um, they're hitting each other with foam swords or like throwing packets to represent spells. Mm. Um, whenever everyone gets to be a little bit of a snowflake because everyone's background is so different. Mm-hmm. And instead of having individual attention to each player, you allow players to formulate the, a little bit of their own plot while at the same time dealing with conflicts that come from the organizers of the LARP. So it's not just the dynamics of having to beat the big bad. It's also the dynamics of how do I get this person to work with me and how much do I have to pay him and is that person going to rob me blind? Mm -hmm. So uh, in a way, you are role-playing with not just a storyteller or like like in D&D, you're generally role-playing with your DM and you're dealing with conflicts, dealing with your DM. But here it's the dm or the people in charge and everybody else that you're playing with Mm -hmm. i guess what i was curious about is um like the physicality of it Mm -hmm. and and do you ever have to worry about people going too far with each other physically or or anything like that because that's like what i like (laughs) i like picture larp and then and then i'm like oh but if they start fighting like when it when does it 
go too far. Like that mm-hmm. makes me nervous. There is a safety meeting usually in most LARPs. Mm-hmm. Well, any like anytime there's a physical LARP, there's usually a safety meeting. So they inspect the weapons to make sure that it doesn't hit too hard and leave bruises. Mm-hmm. So um, you're usually assured that 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 will be fine. Um, there are rules for like thrusting for slashing just to make sure that you're not hitting you know like no hitting in the head no hitting in the groin um so they review that very specifically with all players to make sure that everyone is safe but at the same time i could still hit you Mm -hmm. and uh most of the time when you are in the middle of battle um being hit is it's not going to be generally too hard unless there are but there are certain larps where they do go very hard there's amped guard which is known for have um for hitting so hard that it leaves bruises. Mm. Um, the weapons are harder, um, but you're also wearing full plate mail. Mm-hmm. So, so it's a little bit more, uh, it's a little bit more intense. And how do you um, resolve any kind of like conflicts that may occur, not in game, mm-hmm. but that may occur out of the gameplay. So like if something were to happen between two characters and it got a little too personal and too real Mm -hmm. and like, does that occur where you, where someone has to like pause and say like, okay, what is happening here? Like what's going on? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, There's a big concept in LARP called bleed. Bleed? It's called bleed. Okay. And that's when uh, maybe your character died because someone else um, killed your character and bleed is when you feel when you take those feelings from in character and you still have them out of character mm-hmm. and so there might be a situation where you took it personally that your character died against the player that killed you even though that was a in character decision and so usually uh it will be depending on what the situation is. Um, the staff may have to be involved, but it's more important that the players themselves talk it out so that they understand, hey, this happened in character, out of character, are you and I still cool? Mm-hmm. And what usually tends to help is uh, after LARPs, there usually is a thing called afters. So after like three days of gaming, we all go out to a big lunch and we talk about what happened over that weekend and usually decompressing with all of your friends or all those people that are going to be your friends, especially if they killed you or you're going to be antagonistic mm-hmm. against them. Um, it usually solves a lot of those problems because then, you know, Hey, that person, you know, like is cool and it's just a character and it's just, I don't want to say it's just a game because to some extent it is, but friendship is more important than a game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was uh, curious about, I guess, uh, the process of the afters. Um, and I was wondering if maybe there was like a sort of almost like counseling or something that like occurs or like a like a safe room that maybe those two characters can escape to during the game or something. If there's like something serious that's going on between them where they're like, OK, we need to pause and like go out and like talk about this so that it doesn't go any further oh well so i'll give you a perfect example that happened to me mm-hmm. so um there was a scenario in twin mass called the dark future where it's a mod or like a little scene where they where the storytellers write what happens to your characters three years in the future and it, everything is very very grim and we all role play it out i 
play the Archduke um, in Twin Masks. So I'm basically the Queen of England. <laughs> so that that's the best way to describe my character. He's very politically powerful, but he's not the prime minister who's actually dealing with the stuff. But I get to wave and say hi and say, <laughs> I own the land. Mm-hmm. Be nice to me. Uh-huh. And, <laughs> you, and know. you wear a big poofy dress. Yes. Yeah, big, big, <laughs> big red coat. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I could resurrect. So it's like, all right. Um, but in this dark future mod, um, in order to flip things on their head, instead of being the most powerful character, I was the most tortured character. So I was, um, I was bound. Um, I was um, tortured um, to represent that this happened in the dark future. But part of my torture... Uh, quick pause. Um, yes. It was written that that's what happened to you in the future or this was happening to you? So this was happening to me. Okay. Um, because that was kind of like part of a little bit of the plot. Mm-hmm. Um, so as I was being tortured, um, by, um, by somebody, um, I was surrounded by people and they would tell me how worthless I am, how I deserve to die, how I, you know, like I was good for nothing. The problem was listening to that continuously for an hour hit me. Mm-hmm. Because you know, I know that we were playing a game, but actually sitting in the middle of being told you're worthless and you need to die was rough. Mm-hmm. So that was huge bleed. And I just felt horrible. But I stayed there because I thought, okay, it's important for the scene. People need to see me weak. Immediately after that mod, um, the person who tortured me, um, you know, Andrew, he... Um, he was playing the big bad, but he was my political rival before, uh, or political ally slash rival um, before this happened. And so I saw him on the floor, like um, when we got up from our dream and I saw him and I was thinking, you're not getting up. Why is he not getting, oh my God, he took this too hard. He played the bad guy so much that he's like, he's kind of frozen. And so what ended up happening was staff took the both of us out um, he and I, uh, we realized that, you know, we were both completely affected by what happened. He was playing a horrible bad guy. He, and he already was worried about people thinking that people wouldn't like him. And then I was tortured and being told, you know, I wasn't good for anything. Mm-hmm. And we know that we were just playing roles, but because we were who we were, it was, it, it was a little too much. So for about 45 minutes, he and I and a couple of storytellers, we talked it out. We cried. Um we just got it out. We gave each other a big hug. And then when we were ready, we went back in. And um, that aftercare for us was very important. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, staff apologized. They said um, they didn't intend, you know, they would not do that to us again. And at the same time, we didn't know. We didn't know until we were going through that experience. But at the same time, everybody else who was part of that dark future got to experience what it was like to understand what happens when the world goes dark. And that was the important part, like making sure that the rest of the player base saw and experienced that. But when things are a little too much, it's okay to step out of it and go, okay, are you okay? In fact, we all have a check-in system where we'll just do like a hand signal, like somewhere in their uh, within their vision, like we just you know, like we put the okay science, like, are you all right? And they give us the thumbs up if they're okay. Uh, thumbs like waving if they're, if they're 
kind of we just have to be careful and thumbs down if they're not okay if the thumbs are down we go we we figure out a way to end the scene and make sure that it ends quickly because even though we are role playing um we don't want to necessarily push further if they are not comfortable mm -hmm. and it's important that we do actually role play with consent um that's actually been a huge thing in larp in the past few uh last few years and i know we talk about um in the community like how consent is important how consent is important in cosplay and how consent is important in dating consent is really important when it comes to larp because with having the consent you can actually push yourself even further in more dramatic roles but you also have to know what's good for you and what's um and what's not okay mm -hmm. and we always encourage people that if you're not okay with the scene end it we we will like we will not hate you you know we we care for you we respect you but we'll respect you more if you don't if as long as you know that you're not going to push yourself too hard in the scene but if you can we will make awesome drama mm -hmm. that that we can tell at afters mm -hmm. um so after you got your aftercare after doing that scene um were you able to just go back in and play again or did it take a while after after the aftercare um so because my character was the archduke um i made it a point to kind of go okay i'm good for now i need to go back in because uh we cannot have this system without a ruler however um i did role play that immediately after the dark future he stepped down from power and said i am not i'm not well mm -hmm. and i don't want to inflict this on um the rest of the country so um i am stepping down and i actually cried um when i did that and i said uh, you know because it is not responsible for nobility to reign when they are not well mm -hmm. so uh the so i entrust the rest of you to find a suitable replacement um but i will be around and then i leave and um so there was definitely an after effect but that was all in character mm -hmm. and that was a decision that i made i could have decided that oh no like that doesn't affect me but it made sense for my character to leave mm -hmm. um and step down from power but now he kind of sits around like the queen of england now mm -hmm. so yeah um and you can always stop me if i'm getting too personal but uh did you feel like that because it is just so intrigues me um did you feel that you carried that after the game i feel like if i were being put in that position i probably would have been broken down for quite a while and i'm like curious about how you process that even after the fact because like an hour long of getting that done to you mm -hmm. you know game or not mm -hmm. it's it's a lot <laughs> i think everyone processes it differently uh for some people i imagine if that was intense they would probably have left the game um for me i think because i knew at heart that these were all my friends that were trying to create the scene that they did not actually want me to die mm -hmm. and i knew that inherently that when andrew 
you know, tortured me. He did not actually want to kill me. Right. Which is why it's important that you still build the friendships outside of the game so that you can actually um, develop that conflict. In fact, one of the most interesting dynamics I've seen in game is that usually people who are couples, especially if they're husband and wife, they don't play romantic relationships. They're usually antagonists towards each other mm-hmm. because they know that at the end of the day, they go home together. So they could be as mean and as assholey as they want. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, uh, and I think part of it, um, aside from understanding that they were my friends, but you know, I have performed and I've acted, so I know that it was a role. Mm-hmm. And so therefore, I don't take that. I try not to take that personally, but... Um, it did trigger um, past events, mm-hmm. um, and that's why it was a little bit different. Right. But the fact that people were willing to sit down with me talking out, that meant a lot to me. And, uh, and you know, that, that meant to me that they cared, that they cared about me as a person as opposed to making sure that uh, – as opposed to worrying about the integrity of their game. In fact, it gives their game more integrity to know that – their players do come first. The well-being of their players come first before any part of the game. But at the same time, they still are able to create this world of fantasy um, of dragons and elves and goblins and um, nobles and all of these things. And um, and it's a wonderful community. Mm-hmm. Um, a good LARP will have a wonderful community behind it. Because not every LARPs in the past have not always been so good. So I'm very fortunate that these things are being addressed right now. I'm, I'm lucky that um, the podcast that I run, um, which is Life Action Roleplay, we address a lot of these concepts. We do talk about um, LARPing with consent. We do talk about um, how to play an in-character romantic relationship with another person, how we tell you how to play politics, um, really mean politics, but still go away as friends. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> um, I'm sorry if I got a little too deep. No, but, no, yeah. no, no, no. I, I, I enjoy it on this show. People, listeners will know that. But um, uh, one of the things I'm curious about, uh, it sounds like the community, the community itself is a really good group. Um, when you get new players in and maybe they don't necessarily know exactly how to navigate uh, the world or uh, their characters or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, is there anyone that can like that actively can go to them and talk to them about their experience or what they're feeling? Because what, like, I feel like <laughs> if I were doing this, if I were put in a position where I felt uncomfortable with something that happened or anything like that, um, I might internalize that and like just leave it and like not discuss it and mm-hmm. then like take that home with me. Mm-hmm. Like, it, do you do you feel like the people around would talk to each other about that stuff if, if it was like a new person coming in or anything like I mean, I obviously you guys wouldn't hold all the responsibility for any of that, but mm-hmm. like just like community wise so in general we always tell people that if you um, are feeling uncomfortable make sure that you talk to um, a player advocate or a storyteller in twin mask and in dystopia rising uh, which is the post-apocalyptic zombie um, larp that my co-host kai runs uh, he like there are marshals and um, again storytellers Mm -hmm. so when in when you are not feeling comfortable or not feeling safe, uh, you talk to staff. 
because they will be prepared or they will be prepared to at least figure out how to deal with it. Um, you can talk to other players if they allow, if they are open to it. I mean, you don't force that on players, but we're lucky that there are a lot of people in the community that have made the point to say, hey, you know, if you want to role play with me, you know, be feel, you know, don't be afraid to like ask for role play. Mm-hmm. Um, the weird part for me is that playing the Archduke in um, Twin Mask, he is so noble that. Uh, or so up there in status that people just kind of get a little nervous or don't know how to role play around me, even though I think I'm a nice guy. It's because like when you're in that game world, you're like, oh my gosh, it's the Archduke. Mm-hmm. And I've heard this from other players who are my friends. They're like, I don't know how to talk to him because he's so <laughs> important. I'm like, whoa, whoa. Okay, first of all, he drinks a lot. So you, <laughs> what you do is you buy him a drink and you get him plastered and he will be your friend. That is what you do. Oh, that that actually, <laughs> let's um let's lighten it up a little bit. Yeah. I'm sorry, I, I'm like, I'm the person who likes to take everything dark no matter what I'm talking about. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, when, uh, okay, so you, you mentioned the drinks. Um, do you guys actually like serve alcohol and stuff there or is it just... Is that more of a role play? That's a role play scenario. Okay. Um, I know that in some, um, in many LARPs, they're dry. Mm. Um, and it's because, especially if you are dealing with fighting, you don't want anyone drinking. Right. Um, because um, bad things can happen. Mm-hmm. Um, there are some LARPs that do have, uh, that do allow that. Um, and I've, um, I've done some of those. So, and it depends on the particular culture. And, uh, and, you know, for me, like my, I'm usually there just more for the role play than I am there to drink because I can always drink anywhere else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I'm curious about the different types of LARPs cause I think the majority of people who aren't in the communities would probably think of a, like a D and D type of like fantasy thing, but you mm-hmm. did mention vampires and post-apocalypse, um, how common are the other stuff in in the LARP community? So vampire is actually very um, prevalent uh, because of the source book, uh, Vampire the Masquerade and Mind's Eye Theater happened uh, in the late 90s. Mm-hmm. And so vampire has been going on pretty much since then. And um, for our, so for Hollywood Forever, like the closed LARP that we run, um, we were very fortunate that we had the advice of Jason Carl, who is the producer for um, V5, uh, the, the fifth version of Vampire. And when he came to a private LARP that um, that Bruce and I ran, he said, you guys should consider doing a Vampire LARP. And so we did. And so we started to create like a custom world um, um, for that. Um and then there's a uh, buffer LARP, um, which is usually like uh, or fantasy LARPs, and that's also pretty prevalent um, everywhere. Whenever you see depictions of LARPs in movies, they're usually fantasy. Mm-hmm. And um, and in terms of D and D, I'm gonna segue a little bit into something else. The funny part was that I was part of a D and D show on um, the D and D channel on Twitch, and um, I saw um, when I was recruited there were other people in that um in in my cast that were way more famous than i was so we had um my friend kyle um Vaught, who was an actor in the room 
And then we had Sig Neutron, who won Face Off All Stars. Oh, wow. And then we had um, Dodger, who has, I think, like half a million followers on her YouTube. Um, and she's a gamer. And then we had um, Octopimp, who is a competitive gamer um, mm-hmm. himself. And then we had um, Kim Horcher, who was a um, who was a geek journalist. And then there was me. <laughs> and I'm like, why am I here <laughs> when there, I am literally the least famous of all these people? And then I found out from D&D, it's a, and they said, it's because you LARP. And I'm like, wait, what? What? And they said they um, Dungeons & Dragons had a theory which was we think that LARPers can actually role play on screen but at the same time know the game mechanics very well. And it turned out that 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 seemed to be pretty true. Mm -hmm. Like I knew the mechanics very, very well. But a lot of my friends who are now streamers were originally LARPers. Mm. And so that's been a new new thing that's been happening recently um, all around Dungeons and Dragons. So that's been a cool thing. So, and then going back to um, fantasy, that's pretty like prevalent. Um, zombies are prevalent um, partly because um, Dystopia Rising is a franchise. Um, so I think they're the biggest franchise in the world right now. Oh. Um, they have like 19 chapters and my buddy Kai runs um, the one in North California. And then there's a really, really new one which is like superheroes mm. and it's taken a while for that to kind of fly um uh-huh. but there's not you know, <laughs> i did not think about that one that came out of my mouth it took a little bit of that but then there's also more and interesting larps that are being developed and the ones in europe are also phenomenal like um the college of wizardry is basically the harry potter larp mm. um, I that, do that one. yeah that's, <laughs> so many people want to do that one um and then um, one of my friends, um, James, he runs a LARP called Mistlands, which is based off of actual samurai Bushido code. And the uh, the armor that they wear is beautiful. And so if you can think of a role play scenario and everyone participates, you can have a LARP. How do people uh, find them? Um, you can usually find um, LARPs in your area by like searching online. But... Nowadays, like if you're a geek of any sort, you will probably know at least one person who LARPs um, just in your friends group and um, or or we can usually direct you to like sources. Um, Is there like a good website or a good resource people can use there? um, I've seen um, LARPing.org. They have a interesting search database that I've tried. It doesn't really work for me, but they but they have like this huge database and map of where everything is and what kind of LARP is it? Like, is it a vampire LARP? Is it a post-apocalyptic LARP? Um, um, how heavy is the fighting? Are they um, are they open to like, are, are they LGBTQ friendly? Although I'm finding personally that a lot of the LARPs have been. And mm-hmm. in fact, one of the things that's been interesting is that I've seen more people who are non-binary, different genders, and even going through transitions in LARP than uh, in LARP spaces than I have in everywhere else. Interesting. Yeah, and it's because in LARP, or at least in the LARPs that I've been in, if you present, if you say that you're female, and we go yes, okay, and then we move on, 
there's no questioning, you know, what gender you are, or if you're not a gender, it's like, okay. And then we move on. There's, mm-hmm. And for some people, they have expressed how liberating that is to understand that whatever gender they say they are, are is going to be respected because it's only one element of you. It's not even all of your character. Mm-hmm. And so we just kind of go through that. In fact, a couple of my friends have found the courage to go through transition um, from experiencing um, the normalization of their gender in a LARP. Oh, that makes me happy. Yeah. They found that courage. And um, that's amazing to me. Yeah. I've noticed, um, you know, I've only been playing D&D for a few short months. (laughs) (laughs) But I've listened to other uh, shows and seen some other stuff. And I have noticed that whether or not the the players are, you know, straight, gay, whatever, um, I always find that in-game they are so much more open to being something else. Mm-hmm. Uh, whether that is, you know, being a different gender or, you know, all of a sudden a character on NPC comes into their life and all of a sudden now they're attracted to the same sex or whatever it is. Like, mm-hmm. I've, I've noticed that in the game they're so much more comfortable uh, doing that and so it's I like that 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 it can help people just like not that is so it being in the game it's normal it's normalized that you don't have to be normal <laughs> yeah totally and um for and for some of us like what's been interesting is that I do remember one scene where I was trying to teach people like healing and before and then my brain kind of stopped because I had to I looked at all all the people around and there were four women that or four people that I presumed were assigned female but then I looked at the way they looked and I realized wait a minute some of you are probably they them and so I stopped I'm like okay what pronouns do you all go by before I continue (laughs) this this scene found out that all of those people were women in game but two of them were they them out of character Mm. and it was like wait what (laughs) but at the same time it was cool because even though that may have like made me like stop for a little bit it was knowing that you can play a character that does not have to be the same gender as what you are in real life but we have now started to see or in some of these LARPs that they actually now wear badges hmm. with pronouns. Okay. So like you can now know uh, that someone is a they, them. Uh, in game or in real life? Um, Usually in game. Okay. So like if you're wearing it on your costume, mm-hmm. um, I know I've seen it in Dystopia Rising. I've seen a little bit in Twin Mask. I've seen in other LARPs as well. Um. Like if it's worn, if it is worn on their costume, it is assumed that it is on their character. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, yeah, that's usually the extent because I know that there have been guys that go they them. There are um, some, there are some male players that at least in Dystopia Rising that play female characters, and they actually go through the affectation of wearing the makeup, having the wig. Um, they will have like fake breasts. Like they will present like there were some women that or some men that when I saw them didn't realize that they were men because they went through the entire thing. Mm -hmm. And then like one time one guy or 
one person that, you know, we all decided to just go out for lunch and just take a break, you know, took it all off. I'm like, oh, oh, wow. wow. <laughs> and then then I asked, I was like, wait, wait, are you, you know, then I had to ask, like, are you, you know, do you identify as he, him, you know? And he goes, yes, I'm he, him. The character is she, her, you know, it's all fine. And I'm like, okay. Um, so if you want a quick exposure to how gender can be very, very fluid, you can go to some of these LARPs because it is very, very fluid. That makes me happy because um, I just like growing up gay. Everyone knows I am um, <laughs> growing, up, <laughs> growing up gay. Uh, I I always felt excluded, whether from my own self that I did it to myself or other people did it to me. I always felt excluded from the group. So anytime I see anything that is like a group, whether it's LARPing or D&D or football or whatever it is, like I just assume like, oh, I'm not going to be welcomed. Mm -hmm. And that's with everything. That's my personal thing. So um, I'm, I'm glad to hear that this is yet another group that is like open and accepting and mm -hmm. stuff. And I'm hoping... It's all LARPs, <laughs> not not just in L.A. <laughs> you know, like I will say that um, having been to LARPs around, uh, I mean, mostly in California, but I do see like a growing population of acceptance. In fact, there is kind of a thing where if you're in nearly any LARP, there's at least one there's at least one queer female in every LARP that I know of. And that's always been true. It's like, there's always at least one. Um, and, you know, like, uh, one of the things that's also been interesting too is that um, having done LARP a long time ago, probably at the time, one of the few openly gay guys um, doing doing LARP at the time, um, you know, like there are other gay guys that were also there and they said, oh, my God, you know, like these guys like they, you know, like, they, you know, like like they're kind of like insulting or like whatever it is. And I just kind of let it slide um, not because like I, I'm tolerant, just more like, a, OK, you guys are just dumb guys. Mm. But what I have found is that when um, someone takes it too far, like even guys, even very uh, because there's a whole section of people who are conservative and from the military like they were among the first to kind of go hey hey stop mm. <laughs> you know and they were um very quick to defend me and i didn't i thought i i don't usually tend to defend myself in scenario like that only to find out that they were defending me first mm. like literally in front of my face um and what's been interesting is that gaming does bring all sorts of people together mm -hmm. um and it's really important for me to know that because there have been people that because I've been role-playing with them so long and I've been openly gay, um, some people, like, when they start questioning about, like, their own sexuality, they at least have someone to, they could talk to. Mm -hmm. um, but I've also had people from different political stripes that they um, they wanted someone who was not going to judge them, and I usually don't. Um, I've had a friend who was, like, very, very far right. and um, and But we game together, and... Like we don't really, and we also go out to dinner together and then he's just, he is just a cool person, but he never like has ever used my sexuality against me. And he, in fact, like he has opened his, um, as a result of him and I hanging out, um, so often he's become more empathetic and sympathetic. Mm -hmm. Um, he still holds a conservative position in many things, 
but very much is like one of those people that will be very, very quick to defend people who are a different sexuality um, because we role play together. Yeah. And so I think that kind of thing is important to try not to like throw, like send people away. Like if they're role playing with you, they are to some extent listening and maybe they might not change their mind now, but they might change their mind a few years from now. Yeah. And that's kind of just an important thing for just like the world is that I, I think that's, what's so important about diversity um, is just that like, we, we think that just because, you know, me, I'm liberal. um, I, I can have an opinion about a conservative person and think, Oh, they're bigoted or blah, blah, whatever. I can think about them, but what am I doing to close that gap? What am I doing to like invite that person in? Let's get to know each other. Let's let's find this common thing that we enjoy, bond over that, and then get to know each other as people. And then we can like start changing our views on the other. Um, so I'm glad to hear that that's what LARP is doing for a lot of people now. Mm-hmm. Yay. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're, we're closing in on an hour, but I want to um, ask you, what? How, how long have you been doing it? And what what keeps you going in it well i've been doing it since 2000 okay and so i how i got introduced to it uh was one of my best friends at the time sarah uh i knew her from anime club and so we both did anime and it was funny because we would see people who are um in these really strange clothes like out in berkeley and they're doing this thing, and it's like, oh, it's that LARPing thing. It's like, oh, my God, so stupid. <laughs> and at the time, and then, so Sarah went to KublaCon and met a few people there, and she talked about all this LARP. It's like, really? You're really into this? It's like, okay, sure, you know, whatever. Because during that time, you know, people assumed there was a geek, geek ranking system and because and that was dumb. <laughs> but then... You know, she's a uh, she was basically portraying herself as, you know, like she just wore flannel, you know, like she didn't really care about her appearance too much. Mm-hmm. And then she said, I'm going to get dressed up for game. It's like, OK. And then we noticed, oh, my God, you have boobs. <laughs> Wait, what? And she was wearing this gorgeous PVC gown and she looked elegant. And I was like, what happened? Wow. What? What's going on here? And. She started to um, stop looking down at her. She stopped stooping so much. She like started to speak more elegantly, and her like there's a something is happening here, and so she invited me to go to this LARP. So I was gonna. So I was dressed up as Cesar, a butler. Oh, <laughs> so I was a butler ghoul um, in a vampire game. So I was the lowliest. I was not even like a vampire. I guess what's nice about that role is you can kind of let everyone do their thing and you're just kind of like able to follow <laughs> and oh, yeah. learn. Yeah. Yeah. So I was able to follow and learn. And the very first LARP, I was kidnapped by the Prince of San Francisco and his entourage. And I was like, oh, wow, we're going <laughs> to off to a hot, hot start. And so, so I got introduced, like almost being thrown into the fire and I kind of loved being able to just role play with people, it, it kind of like satisfies like my want to perform mm-hmm. at the time. But also just the, when you role play with people that intensely, you end up becoming like good friends 
or you not always, but you have the capacity to, you know, hang out with each other's lives. But the biggest thing that's happened for me was my second character. I played his name's Virgo Reese. And um, when someone said, I want to be your sire, I was like, oh my God, like you're a really powerful role player. I'm honored. But I said, well, I don't know about this concept. It's like, what if I decided to play a sexier, smarter, more rich, better dressed version of myself? You know, that's my concept. And then, so I learned, I learned to dress better. I took out all my old convention clothes and replaced them with suits, um, with dress shirts. I learned how to speak better. I learned how to present myself better. And so I went through a change. Um, from having done LARP so long, I used to be terror. I would have been terrified in the past to be able to speak in a mic, but then playing a noble, um, I had to deal with public speaking. I had to talk to 20, 50, a hundred people at a time. And there was a point where someone had, when I was trying to make, uh, our camp, a country, um, another country declared war on us and, the council in the camp had accused me of treason. They said, you brought war on us. And instead of going, no, 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 that's not what I meant. I just looked at her and I said, yes, Mm. yes, I did. And this is the reason why. And I start speaking and I don't even remember what I say. I'm in the moment. And when I am done, People are crying. People are applauding. People are on their feet. I don't even know what I just said. And the person who had accused me of treason said, I want to be the first to sign (laughs) to become a country. And there are moments like that that I will remember forever. Mm -hmm. And that's what keeps me going. And I love seeing people realize themselves. You know, like I mentioned earlier, people figuring out who their true gender, what their true gender is and starting to have the courage to go through it. People being able to speak publicly, people who are, might be introverted, learning to be social, people finding a craft that that might have been just a hobby and now it's a profession for them. One of my friends um, became an Imagineer for Disney. Oh, wow. Um, crafting things because the level of craftsmanship that um, she did was just so impeccable that Disney hired her for various things on um, in the Disney... Um, Disney rides. I like seeing people reach their true selves. Um, and LARP, for all its geekiness, it was one way that I've seen it done personally. Aww. <laughs> That's great. I'm so happy to hear that. Uh, I I need to grow as a person. Um, <laughs> maybe, maybe LARPing will teach me a few things. Um, Great. Well, thank you for coming on. I know we started dark <laughs> and, we, and then we saw the light at the end of the tunnel. <laughs> um, and yeah, it, it kind of uh, illuminates a little bit of what I thought LARPing was. So I'm glad that there's a community out there that can like have each other's back and stuff and mm-hmm. have a good time. Yeah. Um, I'm for it. <laughs> uh, Ryan, where can people find you and and the projects that you're doing? Well, uh, my podcast is called Life Action Roleplay, a LARP podcast. It is on iTunes and on Podbean, and we just recently got into Spotify. And so that's amazing. And 
Uh, you could also find me on Facebook and on Instagram under Ryan Omega, under Twitter under Ryan OMGA. You could find me with Richard doing some D and D thing. I don't know what this is. Uh, yeah. What? How do you, how do we plug that one? Yeah. Again? <laughs> so I play a warlock pig farmer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um. But you can also find me on YouTube um, in Kelly Eden's YouTube channel under Dacian Bratz. So I play a 10-year-old who is basically spoiled rich Eric Cartman. Oh, great. Most evil character I have ever played. Wow. And it's so much fun. Eric Cartman is already so horrible. <laughs> exactly. But when he's spoiled and rich, it's, it's, it's worse. It is far worse. He's, he's starting to come around. He's growing up a little bit, but still, like, he he will break someone's ankle to get a mask. Uh, yeah. It's like, she's running away. It's like, you can get, you can get that mask now. It's, <laughs> it's, it's fine. She doesn't need it. If she was... If she was stronger, she wouldn't have t- gone taken down. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, one of the things I'm uh, trying not to be is so stubborn uh, with D&D because I know... <laughs> I've actually talked to the DM about this, that my character is just so mean to everyone. <laughs> Your character's adorably mean to everybody. Yes. I Okay. I agree. But uh, yeah, and he, I think he really wants my character to change and he did some horrible, horrifying things to him recently. And I'm like, no, I'm not changing for you. Uh, which I think I proved <laughs> when it happened. No, yeah. but I do like your character mean because that means when there are times when he's nice, it means more. Yeah. So that's why I'm like, no, I think, <laughs> no, I think he should be a total asshole to Orson. It's like he's yes, yes, yes. Yeah. I'm gonna spend money on this train. Uh huh. And, and it's like, no, why? Yeah, why? why? <laughs> well, thank you again for being on the show. Oh, thank you for having me. I enjoyed. I enjoyed this. Yay. That was Ryan Omega. Thank you, Ryan, for being on my show and for indulging me in all things LARP. (laughs) Yay, it's done. See, by the end of it, I feel like I relaxed, right? Right, maybe? (laughs) Um, All right, so I have a few recommendations. do I actually? I don't think I do. <laughs> I, I I guess I'll recommend the things that I've been enjoying recently. Uh, as I said on the interview, I had been playing um, Fire Emblem Awakening, and uh, I have now put many, many more hours than what I said before. And uh, I'm really enjoying it. There's a lot of time travel in it. Uh, I've only ever played one other Fire Emblem game, which was one of the more recent ones that was like split into two games. It was kind of like a Pokemon Red Blue situation. Um, and I think this was also like a red, blue colored scheme. Anyway, uh, I've only played that one and I don't really remember all that much. I just remember that the very ending, my uh, the main character and you see through their like point of view, uh, their first person vision or whatever, uh, was running down a hall and, sh- and they bump in because you could be a boy or a girl. So they bump into one of their sisters who has these gigantic breasts and they're like bouncing and stuff. And like, that's kind of like the only thing that I really remember about that game. <laughs> that was at the end. Uh, so um, this one, Awakening, has a lot of time uh, time travel. Not time travel, but uh, uh, people from the future coming into the past uh, to warn us about several things. And so, like, I've met the main character's children so far. And then, like, I've romanced two other characters together. And so apparently they had a child. And so their grown-ass child came from the future into the past. And now they're, like, traveling with the group as well. So, um 
there's a lot of that and i enjoy these games um i think the stories are are fine um I, they're not really memorable for me but uh i do enjoy the games and i'm excited for the game that is coming out it's about like these three factions that you can choose to be a part of um like a hogwarts situation uh with um these three different schools of of training or whatever and uh i don't really know what the story is but i'm excited to play it and yeah so there's that i've obviously talked about troll hunters in the beginning and i do recommend that but also um i don't know anything about the comic book series but i have started umbrella academy and i am really enjoying it uh so check that out uh if you get the chance it's on netflix and uh, yeah i think that's kind of it i don't really have anything else going on right now uh, my birthday's coming up, and I'm super excited about that. I'm going to go take a trip to uh, California Adventure in Disneyland. So that's exciting. I went last year on my birthday to Disneyland, and it was raining, but it was kind of perfect because not many people were there. So we were able to do a lot of stuff, and it got real cold. And then at one point at night, it started really pouring, and so we decided to leave. Uh, the day was a little bit weird because I was having a good time. Everyone was having a good time. But at one point, um, Adam, if you guys don't know, my my boy, my live-in boyfriend, <laughs> he, he uh, lost his wallet. And so we had to kind of like split up and like look for it and stuff. We eventually found it. Someone turned it in, which is great. Uh, and they didn't steal any of the money or anything. So yay. Yay for the happiest place on earth. That was very exciting. Uh, but then at the end, it you know, like it just started pouring on us and so uh yeah we had to leave uh but it was really it was really nice i really enjoyed that day and so i guess i'm trying to recreate it with more people this time <laughs> um so i'm inviting some really great friends to come along with me and i'm excited i i love disneyland you guys i love it so much um i didn't go very often as a kid but i did go uh, maybe like three times growing up and I've performed there with my high school, which was very exciting and very fun for a 17 year old to do. And um, so, yeah, doing that this year, California Adventure this time, the, they raise the prices and let's let's be honest, it's crazy. And their excuse is that they're trying to like, I guess control the amount of people who are going to be going because they're opening you know the star wars land and then later on marvel land or whatever they're calling it uh and so i think they're trying to control the numbers by like saying hey if you don't make enough money you can't come which has always really been the case <laughs> but now it's like really true <laughs> so yeah but the fortunate thing is that california uh residents southern california residents i don't know if they do it to all california but i know for sure southern california residents are able to get a three-day ticket um you can only do one park each day but now you can do three day it used to be two day but now you can do three day for 180 dollars, which is a lot of money but considering that each ticket is 130 dollars, it's not that bad at all um, because basically you come twice and you've already paid for the two tickets and um, gained some, I guess. And then you just come a third time for free. So that's nice. Uh, unfortunately, you have to. I don't know why I'm talking about the logistics of <laughs> the Disneyland tickets, but that's what I'm doing for my birthday. I'm excited. I'm turning 33. Yes, 33. Uh, so I guess that's fun. I don't know. Uh, I'm not worried about it. I think I was worried about 31 more than I was worried about 30. And now I'm 33, going to be 33, and it's whatever. <sighs> okay. <laughs> I, I'm going to let you all go so you can enjoy your lives. Uh, and yeah, uh, that's it. That's it. Thank you for listening. If you want to follow us on, on the social medias, I don't really post a lot. I'm really sorry uh, on the on the inter interview 
uh, with a nerd Twitter. I think it's interview a nerd on Twitter. Uh, I don't really post a lot. I'm very sorry for that. But uh, yeah, I just I can't get myself to like put time into it. I'm so bad. We were asked to promote uh, Venture Ventures, which you heard us talking about. And I'm really bad at that, too. Like even just a retweet, I'm so bad at. But if you follow me on on uh, uh, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Le Richard C., uh, I am active on those things um, just because there's no excuse for me not to be able to promote the shows, but it's it's what it is. I'm sorry. <laughs> so you can follow me there if you want to send me an email or a question or anything like that, or if you want to suggest me uh, to, to to check anything out or, or talk about on the show, uh, uh, Richard at awkwardhuman.com is where you can send all that stuff. And I look forward to hearing from you guys. Uh, yeah, that's going to be it. That's it. I'm done. Uh, we're done with the episode. Have a great time off from me. <laughs> this is so weird. I don't know how to sign off. Anyway, be kind to one another. Be careful out there. And I love you all and have a great week.